Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. How y'all feeling? Everybody good? Oh, man. So... Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, if I haven't met you. My name is Troy, and I get a chance to serve at a church out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, called The Edge. Um, and uh, it, it is a blessing. And then what you just um, had the opportunity to, uh, to, to, to participate in is literally um, the, the worship that we do every single week. Um, and just, just brief, like... And we've been doing we've been doing what's called contextualization of the gospel for centuries. Simply put, we go where we at, and we we do what's necessary where we at. We speak the language, we put on the clothing, we go to other countries, we do that, and we come back, we celebrate it. The question is, there is a subculture that exists that ain't going nowhere, and it's called hip hop. So why do we have such a big problem with contextualizing hip hop? We go to other countries, and we'll sing the style, the music. We come back with bongos. We come back with all kinds of stuff. But in our own context, do we hate ourselves that much? Oh, I know. Give me a hug. I feel like we need to hug or something. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yo, man, I am so thankful to be able to come to a crazy church like this that's just weird like us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could just worship, worship Jesus um, with no strings attached. It's pretty dope. Oh, man, I am excited to, to dive in today. Uh, I want to pray for us, and then we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll dive in and shut it down. Daddy, we just thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I'm just, uh, I'm just looking at just, yeah. Lord, forgive us for walking in here week after week and week in churches all over this country. But today, walking into this church ever, feeling... Um, Lord, there's people dying all over the world that can't come in and worship freely. I've been in those countries. I've watched it. People can't worship freely, but yet we take it for granted. Like it's just something to do. Another checklist, cats dying for this. But forgive us. Forgive us. But Lord, we're so grateful and thankful that we can walk in here and freely worship you. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, Lord, I don't know Jack. <laughs> You're my redeemer, and I need you in Christ's name. Amen. Man, ha, my nephew Mark, he walks into the house one day, came to visit, and he comes up, and uh, he has on his shirt, has these three simple words, hustle, pray, eat. So I'm just sitting back, like in the cut, like, yo, that's dope. You know, where, where you get it from? He said, oh, yeah, I made a couple of them, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I need to get one. Why didn't you get me one? And uh, he said, my bad. And then we went on. Later, I started to talk to him. And he says, and I started to say, why? I started asking the question, why? Any good business person, you know the importance of asking why. What is the why? People don't buy things because of just because. But people like to have a reason behind what they buy. And how, what they contribute to, what they invest their time, talent, and treasure in. 
I want to know why. Why would, you, why would you do that? He says, man, I wanted something that would best represent what our family is all about. We hustle, we pray, and we get it in, we, we eat. He said, but then he said something, he said, I want to do something that's not only going to be something we represent, because we fail at it many times, but what about something that will challenge us? So all I want to do today is I want to show what we've been walking through, what I believe the Bible has, we can reconcile in Scripture what it means to hustle, what it means to pray, and what it means to eat. And if you just give me a couple minutes, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and chop it up and just, and just break this down. So hustle for us, we mean working hard. Working hard. Working hard. Pray is that we're going to move outside of the construct of the American evangelicalism. We're going to step outside of that for a second. And let's just not say that prayer is that three-minute thing that you do. It's not comf- That's not it. You know that, right? Let's say that prayer is seeking God. Seeking God. Oh, you'll get it in a second. To eat. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? This is a little natural food in there. You know what I'm saying? Getting it in like that. But then there's also, that's about 2% of it. Because fellowship is important. It's critical. But what we're talking about is, is, is what about investing in yourself and investing in others? Work hard. Seek God. And investing in yourself and others. Hustle. Here's how we define it. We define it by you to trust God with the task he has given you while, while possessing the courage to do what's needed to make it happen. So we're talking about, the, come on, like this balance. If you've been living long enough, it's like this balance between faith. With the, it comes from a root word, pistis, which means to have total reliance. To have total reliance in God. To completely depend on God. It's this tension between completely depending on God and then what's my responsibility? Anybody else struggle with that? Because I think some of us walk around with this high faith idea and we say like, well, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to chill and be trifling. Come on. Just sit back. I'm like, no, 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 no. God says mankind put a pinky toe on this earth. Since God designed human beings, he gave us a job. He gave us work to do. He gave us something to do, naming the animals. He gave us some work to do. Then he gave us, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) Eve. (laughs) Second Thessalonians 3, Paul, the apostle, dude was not your average cat. I'm sick of these so-called scholars talking about him like he was always good. His introduction in scripture was that he was yelling out murderous threats. Dude was, (laughs) he murked cats, you feel me? Y'all know that, right? So he, he basically, dudes, he, he basically, uh, uh, Stephen, the first martyr in scripture, the first one, it was, it was on his way to, he would grab families, grab people, take them to prison, cats would die. This is that same Paul. Now he's converted. He knows the Lord. He's a church planter. Here's one of the churches. He gets word from Timothy, and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's like, yo, I got to write this church to, to put things in order. A lot of things were happening in the church that I don't have time to explain, but he needs to put a couple things in order, and he starts to, to roll this bad boy out. But something that people know about Paul is that he's a tent maker. He was a tent maker. And, but what you need to do is to understand the context, understand the cultural context of a tent maker. This tent maker, this dude was not only, it was hard work. It was knuckle-busting work. In fact, people, culturally, people in the, in the culture would be like, bro, why are you doing that? What's wrong with you? Why are you doing that kind of work? 
So now we read into the scripture that we read often. Maybe we can understand just a little bit more. So uh, uh, second, uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, it reads this. It says, for even when, oh, yeah, I'm like, man, squealing. Yeah. yeah. Now, verse 10, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. If you don't work, you feel me? What makes us think? I, I, I know where it comes from. I know our idea is that we just live in a society like, like you deserve a, a vacation. Uh, you, you deserve to be happy. No, 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 no. Let's, get, let's make it biblical because that's not biblical. You deserve death. Oh, I got quiet up in this joint. It's called depravity. Eternal separation from God because of our sinful nature. It's only because of Jesus Christ and him and his blood only that you deserve anything, that you get anything. What we deserve is death. Eternal separation from the king of kings. And Lord, Lord, so everything, you ah, when we start to be selfish, so then anything, when that bill ain't paid, but this one is, when we start to realize, start with the premise that we don't deserve jack, when we, that bill is paid and that was not, we say, thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you for that one person. Apostle Paul, verse 10, when you're unwilling to work, you starve. But here's what I want to get to, because we missed this one. Verse 11, we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. That is three weeks we can talk about that, because cats just be running their mouth in the church. I don't understand Christian cats, I, I, you know. I'm off the block, yo, and I'm not, I'm not talking about no, no fabricating, running stories. I'm saying for real, for real. Like, bro, you can't be running your mouth and me not grow up in your peace. Yeah. I'm sorry, you, you got your issue with porn, I got my issues, you feel me? So I don't want, I'm still trying to reconcile, I'm still trying to understand how it is that we can say all this stuff and do whatever. Like, no, 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 no. No, that, that's not, that's not. Let me calm down. Stop bringing your crap to the church and thinking you can say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Imagine that if this was God's church and he did ordain it, who are you really talking about? The next time somebody come in to bring you some garbage about this church, about what they ain't doing and what it, this person not doing, do like this. Pull out your phone and be like, yeah, let me call them real quick. Oh, you settle down real quick. You feel me? Amen? That's a little sidebar. That's for free. Look. <laughs> verse 11 goes on like this. It says, we hear that some of you are, 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 are idle, doing nothing, and disruptive. But here, let's go to this. It says, they are not busy. They are busy bodies. So this is, this is something. Like, busy is just moving. When we're talking about working hard, we're not just talking about just moving and doing stuff. See, I I'm, I'm, come from a very fighting family. My whole family fight. I mean, like professionally, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking world-class fighters, world champions, several of them. This is what we do. We do mixed martial My mother is a mixed martial artist. <sighs> 
So y'all talk crazy. Mom, like, no, 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 no. You, get, you, man, you, you might catch a leg kick or something in my house. No joke, right? So uh, something about uh, boxers. So my, my son, he was a uh, uh, Michigan Gold Glove champ uh, last year. Um, so he, he, you know, amateurs, they do all of this. They buff it. Right? Pros, no, pros are very strategic. All, everything is, ah, you're, you're getting, there's a difference between being busy and being on purpose. There's a big difference between just sporadically doing things. When we're talking about working hard, we're not talking about living just like, no, we're talking about living on purpose. What is it that God uniquely designed? What do you have in your hand and what are you going to do with it? What skill set do you have? What talent? What passion do you have? And then what in the world are you going to do with it? Very strategically. You're with me so far? So we have these, these things that we, that we say, and uh, it's like this. Dream big. Most of us have a lot of dreamers around us, and we don't kill dreams. However, we want to dream big, but we want to think strategically. Then we want to start small, and we want to hustle like crazy. Anybody hear me? I do strategic planning literally all over the world. That's my primary role. That's what I do. I'm a strategic planner. And I, I tell you, I start with organizations and ministries and, and businesses, and most of them have these great and big ideas. But like, bro, like, no, no, let's, let's strategically, let's think about, let's, let's think a little bit about your mission, vision, and values. Let's think about who you are, why you do it, and what you're going to do. And, and then from there, let's start small. Bro, if you want to sell cakes, don't talk about getting 13 bakeries. Sell one cake, bro. There's a book called $100 Startup. Read it. Because you start very small. You don't need a lot of money to do ministry. You don't need a lot of money. To, you just don't. Start small. And then hustle like crazy. Man, cut that cake up in like 13 pieces. You feel me? Let <laughs> me move on. Pray. We got to move outside of this thinking. Let's think of God. He is not confined to time. He's not confined to your fancy words. Do you know that God is not impressed by all the words that you use? That's in the Bible somewhere. Repetitious prayer. He's not, he's, not, he's not impressed by you and your whole, you know how, you know, Christians, when it's, you can say hallelujah and that ain't good enough. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, oh. Bruh, he ain't impressed with you. He's not even impressed with your seven hour prayers. Oh, I know the prayer words don't like me right now. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that what if, because you can be on your knees for seven hours, but for like 23 hours of, of, of the, I don't know how many rest of the day, but the rest of the day, you are basically as mean as a stick. It's like clashing symbols, you feel me? You can have all of that. Jesus and Jesus, you can sweat and you can pray, and then you're mean to your husband. You can't even hug your own daughter. What about praying all day? What about, when we think of the idea of prayer, what do we think about the idea of, of it's a posture of submitting and seeking holistically, 24-7? What if we're not just talking about this couple minutes? What if we're saying those couple minutes and total surrender at your job, total surrender in your home, total surrender in your car, total surrender, brothers, when this went... Seeking him, Hebrews 11. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, yes, and that he rewards those who earnestly 
Seek him. Here's the thing. I know that sounds good, and it sounds like another Christian thing to do, but let me, you, you might want to back out after I give you the definition here of seek. It's a Greek word which simply means to beg and to crave. When was the last time you craved and you begged? I know, because we, we start with the premise that God owes us something. We start with the premise, so therefore, it is very difficult to beg and, because you're coming to a posture of a bold chest out. Like, no, no, what if you're coming to the king of kings and lord of lords, the master of all things? How would you enter into his place? Seek him. Crave him. Desire every ounce of his existence. Someone asked me in between services, like, man, well, what if I fail? You, if you got kids, you understand it. Your kids can do dumb stuff. But you can see the difference when they want your action, they want your love. They can do stuff, dumb stuff and you still love them and they still love you, but they do dumb stuff, you feel me? That's us, we can do dumb stuff, but we get up and we do right here and it's called repentance and we can do like this and be like, yeah daddy, I'm ready to get it in today. And when we do it again, yeah daddy, I'm ready to get in today. You feel me? Maybe this is the reason why 250 million people in America do not confess Jesus Christ as Lord, National Baptist Research. This makes America the third largest mission field in the world. Check the numbers. Because we're just nonchalant about it. Not me. I see too much. And too many churches. Too, too much. We're just sitting idle, just enjoying church. No, he wants you to seek him. Yes. He wants you to surrender to him. How do we seek him? Talk to him. Let's not get weird and start using all these Christian weird words. If you don't know them, stop saying them. If you don't know what they mean, stop. Because what happens is that the prayer warriors and other people like myself that have been Christians for a while, we scare new believers. Because we're like, no, you got to pray like I do. No, bro, you need to pray like you do. When I first became a believer, I was like, yo, what up, God? What, what it do? I'm not joking with you. It's like, what, what, what's up? Because that's all I got. And I'm, I don't fake for nobody. I'm not, and if I come into church, I'm not trying to be you, cuz. I'm going to be me. And I'm sitting there like, yo, I'm, hey, what up? And I still pretty much, that's what I do. And, and I'm, I'm sick, but he accepts that because that is more heartfelt versus something that comes out of the 1500s in our speech, in our prayers. You know that, right? So what if we talk to him? Just regular conversation. What if we're in his word? I'm talking about seeking him. How you seek him? Talk to him. What about in his word? What if, what if it is? It's truly his breathed word. The whispers of God in the scripture. What if it was alive? How would you approach it? Maybe we'll stop approaching it of trying, trying to be intellectuals. Uh, you know, American uh, being intellectuals. Where we just want to take much information in and then regurgitate Taking much information in and regurgitate. You're like, we just want to be able to take the information in and then be able to press you by posting good posts about what, how much I've read. Oh, I read the Bible in 14 minutes. <laughs> but bro, you're still looking at booties. Talk to me. Hide the word in your heart so that you might not sin against them, maybe? And there's a way to do that. Some call it exegesis, or you can think about what's called inductive Bible study. And I won't bore you with all that, but here's a simple way to do it. Look at the scripture. Don't read th three chapters. Read three verses. How about that? Take small bites. 
and eat on that, and, 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 but then dive into the context. Like, what is, it, what is it saying? Who is it saying? Who wrote it? What is it saying? And then go deeper and say, um, what is it saying to me? And who is he saying it to? What, what's, what's happening? And then ask the Lord, like, what, what do you want me to do with it? What is it saying? What is it saying to me? And then, God, what do you want me to do with all this? Let's, let's, let's approach our word that way instead of a, like an academic. Anybody with me? Last thing I'll say would be serve. The most influential institution on the planet is the local church. This is my world. Statistics and data, that's what I do. And I'm telling you, I look at churches of all sizes, organizations, community-based organizations of all of them. Uh, I look at them all, and I'm telling you, numbers. There's no institution that has transformed more lives, lives than the local church. None. That's facts. We can talk about it later. Later, I would love to debate with you. None. So my question is, is that where would you spend your time to serve? Maybe to advance the gospel. I'm not saying to be a preacher. I'm not saying that you be, need to be a rapper or a singer. Maybe, maybe, God is, maybe God is telling you to take what you have. Maybe, maybe you're not to make cakes. He's saying you take the rod that you have in your hand and do something with it. Serve with it. Kiwi, the DJ, dude is in schools. I'm talking tens of, I'm talking thousands of kids every year he's in front of that are, most of them are non-believers, sharing the gospel through rap. And then they do concerts at night and invite the kids from the schools to come to a concert at somebody's church. That's what he does with his life. He's abandoned. He has a degree in communication. He just said, man, I'm, this is what I need to be doing. I'm not telling people to not go to work. I'm saying he's working hard and he does some other stuff to, to raise money for himself. But what I'm saying is, is that find what you do. Take what you have and do something with it. And look, at we got, we got nine-year-old girls at our church, so spare me if you're a youth. We got nine-year-olds that start their own companies where I'm from. I'm talking about daddy's crips from California. I'm talking about shootouts in front of their house, but still getting up and doing something, holding prayer meetings, holding ministries. I'm talking, it's an army of them. I'm saying, take what you have. Do you know, kids, man, kids, I'm going to give you something. Do you know if you go to your school and you say, hey, I want to hold prayer, do you, and you say, I got one loving adult, do you know that there's nothing legally that any teacher can do against you? It's, it's a ministry called Claim Your Campus. They do it. They do it all over the country. All you got to do is say, hey, I want to pray, and I'll get an adult to be there with us, and we're going to pray as students, and nobody can say nothing. No one can say anything. No one can say anything. All right, let me shut it down. Eat, and we're done. Um, Take care of yourself and others, mind, body, and spirit. Love God. Love people. That is the commandments according to Jesus. Do you know that you're included in people? (laughs) Love yourself and love others. You get a chance, read through the book of Leviticus and some other places. But you'll find that what it talks about, it's like, like, yo, like love God and loving people. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's biblical, right? But here's where I want to go. Is that sometimes we need to stop and take care of ourselves. 
Because in our society, is go, this post-industrial society, go, 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 we got to produce more. I'm telling you to slow down. Do what you have to do to slow down. I, I wrote it down because it just, it, 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 by God's grace, because I have, I fell seventh grade three times. I barely know how to read. I learned how to read when I was 20-something years old. I have nothing. I have two felonies and a high court misdemeanor. I, I mean, I have nothing to offer, but I just want to give you this. By God's grace alone, man, you, I, I run four organizations, one of them in, in England. I'm there every, every other month. You get what I'm saying? I'm gone 15 days out of the month somewhere in the world doing something for Jesus. I have about, I don't know, 30 staff members across those organizations. One of them, I, I co-lead with my, with my nephew, right? I got, I, got, I, got, I got every person on this stage I personally disciple. I'm busy, but you better believe, and they know it. I got what's called a dog day, day alone with God. And none of them cats, my mama, my wife can't interrupt with my time with God. What I'm, say- what I'm saying is, is that take a moment. If I take a whole day, and then I end up taking a whole three days, and I take a whole week. I retreat annually. I just get away and do nothing or whatever I want to do with me and my daddy. I'm saying, what if you could take three hours, isolated? You do no texting, nothing, nobody else. You do whatever you feel that connects you with God once a week. I guarantee you that you'll be in better position to be a better father, a better mother, a better husband, a better wife, a better friend, a better minister. I guarantee it. That's my challenge for you today. Forget the rest of them. I'm going to tell you to get some time away. If you're willing to do that, if you're willing to take out your calendar after we say amen, and you're willing to actually want to hold you accountable, stand up to taking a dog day. That I'm going to find somewhere in the week, I'm going to take at least three hours just for me and God. If you're willing to do that, stand up. If you're not, please, you don't have, everyone doesn't have to. But I'm saying if you are willing to, this is not for everyone. And that's cool. No judgment. It's cool. I'll say this and then we, we do this. In time management, what they teach you is, is that you schedule around what's important to you. So you, if I pull up my phone, and they all know it, I have date nights for, with me and my lady that ain't nobody getting away. We have about three of them a week. I like her. A whole lot. Right? But then I have my dog days. I, I suck at it. I don't want to do that. I want to go, 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 go. I'm a grinder. I'm a high D, high I. You feel me? So I'm going. So my assistant, she plugs them in. Put it in my calendar, and I work around it. And no one can get in the way. I say, when you leave here today, take, select the time, put it there, and then all your appointments, your doctor's appointments, all this other thing have to work around it. You with me? Make everybody else inconvenient, not you. Inconvenience everybody else for once. Daddy, we, um, we come as your broken kids. And Lord, as Christians, we try our best to serve people and to make ourselves available but we run ourselves raggedy. Lord, I ask that you show us how to pause, to shut up and do nothing. That 20 seconds right there was so irritating to so many in this room because we don't know how to stop. 
We don't know how to pause. We want to, we're looking at the clock. We're looking at all this stuff, including myself. We're addicted to the bullet points. That he help us, deliver us. It shows how to rest in you. Sabbath. True Sabbath, true rest, true rest. No added preservatives. It's you, me. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.